The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, it's the first for us broadcasting in both uh, Edmonton and Calgary, right across the province. The 6.30 Chat Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Many thanks to uh, Ari Goldkind for joining us uh, earlier uh, to talk about uh, those two cases, the Bruce MacArthur case and the uh, Jaskrit Singh Sadhu case. We'll uh, roll back around and touch base with some folks who are at the sentencing hearing uh, a little later on. Right now, though, this one might get you thinking because if you have a child and and you routinely, especially a young child, routinely put a iPhone or a tablet in front of their face to distract them for a while, uh, you might want to hit the pause button. Would be interesting to see where this uh, study goes in another 10 years. It's a new study suggesting too much screen time negatively affects a young child's development. It was done by researchers, uh, by our friends down at the University of Calgary, following more than 2,400 children between uh, 2011 and 2016. Uh, joining us to explain the uh, survey is Julie Friedman-Smith, co-founder of Parenting Power. Thanks for taking the time to do that. I'm happy to be here. Now, Julie, you weren't involved with this study, were you? Not at all. Okay, but you um, are a parenting expert. Um, what did you think when you first heard these results? It said that higher levels of screen, t- screen time at two and three years old resulted in the children involved in this study not meeting benchmarks in communication, social skills, problem solving, and motor skills. Did the alarm bells go off for you? Well, actually, we at Parenting Power were so happy to actually see the research done because this is, well, this is research that's been done over a piece of time, and we've really been seeing the effects, as has all of Alberta in terms of the education system and the, and the government. We've known for about the last 10 years that there's this lag in uh, kids' development as they're coming into kindergarten, and the suspicions were that phones were playing a part in it or screens were playing a part in it, so it's kind of great to have this research it allows us to take our heads out of the sand a little bit or perhaps forces us to take our heads out of the sand a little bit but will it julie action and take some action well i'm hoping it will and and it's great to be even having just a discussion about it because um we can talk and talk and talk but really it's as simple as setting some intentions around our phone use as parents and, and making the change. You know, it's interesting, this particular study, I know you've, you're not a part of it, but you read it. For me, the most interesting part of this study was that the direction in which the results um, came out, because it wasn't looking at uh, misbehaved children or children who did badly in school, causing them to, you know, back out of society and spend more time in front of the screen. It was the other way around, saying those that spent a lot of time in their early years on the screen developed those other problems. So that was an interesting, that was an interesting observation. Let me ask you this. When we talk about the average amount of time that a child is on a screen, uh, and is there a recommended amount of time, do you think? Yes, there is. So the Canadian Pediatric Society and also the American Pediatric Society are agreed on this, believe it or not. Um, What they recommend is no screen time for kids under the age of two. And then um, for kids two to five, uh, an hour of screen time a day. And what they really recommend, as this study also supports, is that the time is being spent... Uh, we're not kind of putting our kids alone in front of that screen, but we are interacting with them using the device. Oh, let's talk about that for a second, because I think sure. that's another important component of this. So I thought about, I have grandchildren in Calgary, mm-hmm. uh, three of them, and we FaceTime, and 
you know, because I can't spend as much time as I'd like to, obviously. So we FaceTime with them, and one's a baby, the oldest is two, and the parents are sitting beside them waving at the screen, and I'm waving back, and they're saying, that's grandpa. Is that different in your mind, screen time, than handing your phone with a game on it to a child? 100%. 100%. Yeah, because um, th- there's interaction happening there. Now, is a, is, a, is a baby going to really be able to focus in? They might get something out of it, but quite frankly, the whole family's sitting there together. There's conversation happening, going back and forth. You're interacting with the babies and responding to what they're doing. So there's some interaction, there's some connection happening there versus... Uh, just a child's brain being stimulated by a movie that they're watching or, um, you know, bright bright pictures on the screen, that kind of a thing. So it is different, definitely. Julie, I want to go back to what you said earlier uh, mm-hmm. about the Canadian Pediatric Society recommending that children between the ages of 2 and 5 use screens for less than one hour per day, mm-hmm. um, you know, 2 and under, uh, not any. Um, and in this case, in this study, 2-year-olds were spending an average of 2.4 hours using screens daily. The three-year-olds were spending 3.6 hours and the five-year-olds 1.6. When we go back and we look at the the benchmarks at two and three years old that the kids were missing down the road. So if this continues on, I mean, you talk about the one set of benchmarks. What about the next set of benchmarks if the use continues on at that level? I mean, it's it's almost like a a rock rolling down the hill. It seems like it's going to go faster and faster and faster and maybe cause more problems well it's easy to think that and I'm not a, I'm not a brain scientist so so please keep that in mind as I'm talking my understanding about child development and brain development and I've, I've done a fair bit of research in it is that there's some really key pieces of development that happen between the ages of zero to five and the things that are happening as the brain is being built at that time this is not something that if you miss it between zero and five you can get it in high school these are the ways that the brain connections are being made. And so that is why we're seeing these developmental delays after the fact. So it's not necessarily that it is going to snowball and okay. compound. It's really important. This study really speaks to the fact that in this key brain development time between zero and five, we need to be making sure that we are eye to eye and face to face with our kids, that we are doing serve and return, that we are active with our kids in their learning as opposed to just handing off a device and hoping that it's going to cut it and it's well, and you know what, showing it's and not. I wanted to ask you about that. Because here's the, Andrew and I just were on a, on a listener's trip mm-hmm. and you go through airports, you're going anywhere. I don't know how many times I saw a little kid in a bassinet or in a stroller, just holding on to mom or dad's iPhone, just like staring away at it. It was, it's, it's like the babies are just, stop crying, just just take this. Yeah, you know, we might as well, because, you know, at some point in the next few minutes, we're going to say goodbye to you and we'll take the grief. So let me just throw, <laughs> l- let me just throw a grenade in the outhouse, if yeah, I may. Sure. Because let's just talk about parenting. So when I was a kid, <laughs> well, first of all, long, children today, yeah, children today cannot go into uh, Future Shop and get themselves a tablet. Let's all you'd right. So, it's the parents who make the decision that these are the techn- uh, technological devices I want to have around the house, and this is how much time a child's going to get them. Because you know, it's pretty easy to keep uh, technology away from a child if you want to. That's why they built tall shelves, right? So, let's just talk about parenting. Do you think that parents 
are simply becoming lazier or less innovative or they're relying too heavily on technology because honest to god every parent will tell you that they bought the perfect gift for their child on a birthday and he or she played with the box for an hour so why are we relying so heavily on technology well i'm not totally into blame and shame so i like <laughs> to hope for the best i like to hope that it's because parents aren't aware we talk to a lot of parents in our company who feel concerned because they want to make sure that their child is going to be up to speed this is a digital mm. world and they really want to make sure that their kids know how to function and that's for most for, for many of the people in our society that's not an issue there are so many um, ways that digital devices are making their ways into our kids worlds and schools and lives so the likelihood of that being a problem not really a huge one but some parents are thinking that the other thing is it's easy it's mm -hmm. super easy and parents may not know what else to do so the easiest thing to do is to hand it over the kids want it and here's the other thing there's a study that came out in june of 2018 that is showing that a parent's use of phone is correlated to <laughs> the kids use of phone so if a parent is on the phone a lot and yeah. not looking at the kids, and the kid wants that thing because it looks super yeah. interesting. Kids wa live what they learn and learn what they live. So if mom and dad are doing that, they want to be just like mom and dad, and they're grabbing for the phone, and it's easier to just hand it over much of the time. I think that's probably what happens. And I guess we'd have to take into consideration, too, that um, children with disabilities, for example, the there's a lot of technology built in for them to help with learning skills. Absolutely. Technology is awesome. We're not saying that it's a horrible thing. We're saying let's be intentional with how we are using it in our homes and how we are teaching our kids to use it. There's a lady named Diana Graber. She just wrote a book called Raising Humans in a Digital World. There are two things that I wanted to share with you. One of the things she says is you wouldn't hand a two-year-old a knife. <laughs> <laughs> so why are we handing over our phones? Because they, they haven't been trained in how to use it. They're not making good decisions about how to use it. They're just using. So that's number one. And the second suggestion that she makes is that we need to be modeling for our kids between the ages of 0 and 12 how to use devices intentionally and, and, and well so that we tell them, we explain to them every time we go for the phone. So the phone's ringing. We pick it up. We say, oh, Grandma's calling. I'm going to answer the phone and talk to her. Let's do that together. Or I need to figure out what I'm going to make for dinner tonight. Let's look up a recipe together. And also, when you're going for your phone, you're saying, I'm picking up my phone. I need to check Facebook and see what's happening. And every time you articulate that, it's bringing your awareness to yourself about that as well. So you start to realize, oh, my gosh, I picked up the phone to look at Facebook five times this hour. Did I really need to hmm. do that? And then we can start becoming a little bit more intentional about our phone use and what we're teaching our kids. Well, at the basis of all parenting is they emulate what they see and not Absolutely. what you say, right? Yes, yes, yes. 75% of what they learn from us comes from our actions, not our words. Yeah, remember when it was just they, they might have learned a naughty word. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. we're worried about brain development because of yeah. use of cell phones. Julie Friedman-Smith, the uh, co-founder of Parenting Power, joins us. You know, this goes, it's, you know, we, we're now at the, I think, uh, the, the point in the conversation where you talk about how, how the adults are using it. And I know on my phone, um, I'm getting a weekly update that's saying the average time that I've spent on my phone is something like three hours a day. And I was like,
was like, what? When did that happen? <laughs> you know, it, that's that's shocking. And it's so easy to see that time fly away. So your recommendations then, you, you talk about, it, you know, making sure it's intentional, that we're using it for right things. What would your top tips be for parents, grandparents, babysitters, whatever, when it comes to technology and small children? So, number one, get clear about when you are using it and when you aren't using it as a family in your home. We like to say meals and wheels. Keep the phone away from the meals. Keep, keep the phones out of the car so we're not texting and driving, so that we're not modeling texting and driving, um, and so that we're using car time for conversation. You know, you're going on a three- or four-hour drive. Sure, watch a movie if that's what your family wants to do, but for the most part, meals and wheels and bedrooms, let's keep our phones out of there. Um, the... The next thing to do is to be intentional about the other things that you want to be doing with your kids. So in this study, one of the recommendations they make is make a list and make it concrete so it's there for your kids and for you to hold yourself accountable. What could we do when we want to go on screen time instead of screens? So could we play a game? Could we go for a walk? Could we uh, have a dance party? Get clear about some other things you can do. You know how when you're trying to eat healthier, you think about, okay, I'm going to have some fruit there for myself so I don't reach for the chocolate bar? Same kind of idea. Hmm. And then the last thing that um, Parenting Power for the last, this is our third year, we have established a movement called No Phone Family Day. Mm. So once a year on Family Day, we encourage families, maybe not for the whole day, but to set aside a chunk of the day where no one's going to have their phones and where we're going to do something together as a family and just get clear about what that feels like and start to bring some awareness so that uh, you can start to figure out, oh, hey, this felt pretty good. We have a website, nophonefamilyday.com, and if you go to the resources page there, we've got a one-page uh, thing that you can download that talks about other things that you can do to become more intentional with about your own screen use so that you can be modeling great things for you. Julie, you should see Andrew's face when you were talking about that. He was just kind of shaking his head. <laughs> Spend time with them. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Julie, before we let you go, a question you weren't anticipating whatsoever. Go. Uh, flashcards. My uh, my parents use flashcards oh, with me. Love them. Yeah, and I use them with uh, my two older children. And then you know it was so antiquated, we didn't do it anymore. But uh, myself and the children we used them with are great at math. They were math flashcards. Mm. They yep. were you know that kind of thing. Yep. W- what's your view on that? I, I can't I can't find a reason to say not to do it. I mean, it's you interacting with your kids. It you can get together to create the flashcards. You can play a game out of it. You can time people to see how quickly they can get through it. You're talking, you're laughing, you're interacting together. I don't see that there's a there's a bad side. Again, it's the interaction, right? Yeah. That's right. It's about connection. And our zero to fives, they need to see our faces. They see so many of the tops of their parents' heads right mm-hmm. now when their parents are looking at their phones. And that's why speech problems are happening, because they need to be able to see our lips, to know how to shape their lips mm. to talk. That's a big part of it. So we need to be eye-to-eye, face-to-face, serve-and-return conversation. That's one of the best things we can do for our kids' development. Julie, almost out of time here. One more question for you, mm-hmm. because we've had this debate numerous times on this show over the years. Uh, what do you believe is the right age for a child, a teen, a tween, to have their first phone, like their first, whether it's a cell phone, whether it's an iPhone, whatever it is? What I believe and what our company says may not be the same thing, but we're really trying to push for later into junior high, 13, 14. I know that it's happening as early as grade three and grade four right now. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's a ton of information out and we'll be having more information coming out on nophonefamilyday.com but we really encourage you to push it as far as you can and then to set some really really solid guidelines to support your kids and you so support the whole family in not having to fight about those phones every day. That's one of the number one things we hear from parents when we're coaching them every day. Julie Friedman-Smith, the co-founder of Parenting Power, joining us this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Now it's 2.50. I want to say hello as well to our listeners in Jamaica who uh, apparently not part of our trip. We didn't leave them behind. Uh, I think they just listened to us in Jamaica. If you're listening to us what in do you Toronto... Mean? What are you talking about? They're... Oh, they were our guests? What, what are you talking about? We, we got just a did a listener show. No, that's, he said I'm from Jamaica. That's what he said. He, listed, he lives here. Oh, I thought he was listening to us from Jamaica. <laughs> the guests that booked outside of yes. the trip, so we just did a listener trip if you're tuning yeah, in yeah. from Calgary this afternoon. They just finally got out of the Montego Bay Airport. So all of that oh, bad oh. weather, the big storm, there was like 27 centimeters of uh, snow this 26.4. morning. 26.4. In uh, the Toronto Airport, yep. or in Toronto, causing all sorts of grief. Mm-hmm. And that's where their flight was coming through. They said it was nuts in the airport. People were fighting. Just, what? oh, yeah. She said it was just bad. In in Jamaica, the, yeah, they were fighting, yeah. or in Toronto? In the Montego Bay Airport. Oh, they're a little chiller than that, aren't they, down there? <laughs> well, That's different. got to be the people just arriving, because the people leaving are like, yeah, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> it takes off. It doesn't take off. Um, all right, we're going to take a break here for the 3 o'clock news. You're listening to 6.30 Ched's Afternoon News in Edmonton. It's being simulcast across the province today on our sister station, 770CHQR, um, as... Um, as our colleagues there uh, attend the funeral of uh, Peter Watt. So it's uh, our honor to uh, help them be able to do that. And uh, Andrew and I have both worked with Peter over the Mm -hmm. years as well. So um, when it was asked, we said, absolutely, let's do this. So on the other side, can any animal be trained to be a therapy pet? Because you know what? There's a guy who thinks his alligator Mm -hmm. is his therapy pet. Yeah. And he's hugging it and kissing it. And we'll get into all of that after this. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.